Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! Here with you on a it's a it's, it's a Tuesday. It's, it's Tuesday a, morning, yeah. Sure. I'm just I'm, I don't know why I'm off today, but I'm a little off. Why why, why is that happening? Do you know the answer? Uh, you're pretty much off every day. I appreciate that. I want to thank our listeners, however you're getting to us, uh, be it supertalk.fm or anybody uh, or anywhere else you're, you're, getting, you're getting your podcast from. We also want to thank our listeners out there who are serving our country across the globe, here in Mississippi, here in America, or anywhere you might be stationed. We do appreciate you guys. I want to thank our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Turner's Spoon Ice Cream. I saw they're hiring a baker. I got a friend that needs to apply for that. Great baker. Fantastic. Is your wife a good baker? Yeah, I mean, she, she's... She, she would say no, mm-hmm, but but I mean, everything that she ever makes is good. So, okay, I think that. But does she I, like to bake? Like, what, there's there's some cooking and baking. Yeah, yeah, there is, there is, but yeah. uh, doesn't do a whole lot of it. But yeah. I mean, it's always been fantastic when it happens. I got a friend; she makes cakes for people and all stuff. And then she sends me the picture. And I'm like, "Why are you doing this? Why are you sending me this picture? I can't eat it. I can't eat the cake." <laughs> you know, I, I I mean, I appreciate you know. I'm glad you're doing well. You know, but. I'm trying to lose weight here. Please stop with the cakes. So you should be a chef. You, you really? Should, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not that good at cook. You're a pretty. Good, you're a pretty good cook. I'm a pretty good cook, but I'm not that good. If, if it's one of those things, though. Oh, here we go. We're already off topic. Like if I had known when I was in high school that becoming a chef was going to be what it is today, maybe I would have looked into that. Because nowadays, like you got these chefs making millions of dollars, and you know. But I mean, I, but my time in the restaurant business lets me know that that is a tough job. Yeah, a tough job. Yep. So, uh, probably, probably, you know, probably good where I am. Um, good show today. We're gonna do a positional breakdown today because we're gonna have to we're gonna have to push some opponent preview stuff back because of the way the, the the practice schedule is is set up and everything. But we're gonna get that uh, to you very soon with Kentucky. Uh, but that said, we're gonna look at the cornerbacks a little later today. But first. Uh, we are going to uh, talk about Tommy Stevens once again because that's who we got to talk to today for the first time. And I got to say this now: I want to preface my remarks. The last time I said, "Man, that that guy's got the look," you can tell he's going to be successful just from looking at him. Nick Tiana, Peter Sermon. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Sermon came in and talked. I was like, "That guy will be a college head coach sooner rather than later." But meeting Tommy Stevens, if you you walk away unimpressed, I don't know what to tell you because he looks the part and he talks the part of a, of a big time quarterback. Yeah, I made the comment to you when he left the room that it was almost like talking to a a pro quarterback. I mean, it was he was very eloquent. His thoughts were expressed, you know, with you know he he didn't use cliches. Everything that he said was genuine and. He didn't get rattled by any questions. I, I, I always like looking at that kind of thing. Like, because for a lot of guys, you walk in that room, and look, you and I aren't intimidating guys, and pretty much neither is anyone on the beat. But when you walk in that room, and all of a sudden there's, I mean, and today there was 10, 15 people there, uh, and you got cell phone cameras in your face, and you're just getting peppered from, with questions from all directions. Some guys don't handle that well. Like, not that they don't answer your questions, but they're just almost intimidated by that that those surroundings and things. I, I think back to Nick Fitzgerald and his early couple, first couple of years. Mm-hmm. He did not handle interviews well in that. I mean, he was dripping wet with sweat. Like it made him nervous. Like 
kind of deal. And of course, Nick went on to have a have a good career. So you can't always tell by how someone handles an interview whether or not they're going to be good on the football field. But I do think that it is sometimes an indicator of how well men, young young guys, however you want to phrase it, handle pressure a little bit. And Tommy Stevens walked in there and owned the room. Yeah, as he talked, and that that kind of lets it me. It felt like we had talked to him. Like he wasn't new. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it, he owned the room, and look, I may read way too much into things, so you're free to think that I'm reading too much into it, and Brian, you're here in the room, so you can tell me I'm a, I'm a dummy, and you would not be wrong with that assessment, as I've told you many times, but if you can walk in and just kind of command the room like that and, and feel like you're in control of things and it, it, feel like you can walk into a locker room that maybe at first might have been, and I'm saying might, I'm not saying definitely, but might have been at least a little hesitant to bring in a newcomer when KT was already here and things like that. To me, he seemed to have the personality to where he could probably win over people pretty quickly. Uh, he, he was eloquent. He was humble, though, in his remarks. He was confidently humble, if that's a way to phrase that. I, he, You could tell in talking to him he expects to come in and start, but yet he didn't expect to come in and have it handed to him kind of deal. Like You could just tell in talking to him that, that he had this sense of, yeah, I think I can win the job, but yeah, I'm going to prepare and play like I'm the starter even if I'm not kind of thing. He, he basically said that. that like Even at Penn State when he got beat out by Trace McSorley, that that didn't change the fact that he came every day and, and prepared like he was going to be the starter that week kind of thing. So I don't know, man. I, I was really impressed by him and – from what he has said and from what his teammates have said, they've said all the right things. There, there has not been one moment of any time that we've talked to Tommy or anyone else where I felt like that this quarterback competition was going, going to be a negative. And maybe, maybe you've gotten different comments, maybe you've gotten different impressions, but I think a lot of times when, when stuff like this happens and a, a new guy comes in, there's, you know, discord even amongst the fan base. Well, KT should start. Tommy should start. And, and, and I'm sure that, that probably within that locker room, there are guys that are buddies with KT that hope he wins the job. And there are probably guys that are at this point are starting to like Tommy Stevens and might see what he can do and think, oh, maybe he should win the job. But it doesn't seem like anything to me looking at it that might tear the team apart, you know, kind of deal. I, I feel like that both KT – and we talked to both guys today, not just Tommy Stevens, but, but KT too – I feel like this situation has been handled very professionally. And, and after talking to Tommy, he seemed like a guy that, like I said, he, he seemed like a pro. So I, I, I feel like he, he's come in and handled this the exact way you would hope someone in his shoes would come in and handle this. He hadn't come in and expected to be the, you know, the savior of Mississippi State football or anything like that. Yeah. I, I, that, I got the, the, the right impression from him. Yeah, that confident, confident guy. Maybe a little, maybe a what's sitting on the edge of arrogant, which I don't have a problem with, as as a quarterback. So, but there, to me, even and I agree with everything you just said. There was still that sense of a little sense of humility too. That like I may not win the starter job. Now it may just be lip service and saying the right thing, but there was that moment where he talked about how, like I, like I mentioned a minute ago at Penn State, he didn't win the starter's job, but he said I, I'll still come to work. Like, I'm going to be the starter kind of deal. So, so yeah, I'm with you, though. I didn't mean to inter- jump in there, but I, yeah. I, I got the same impressions you did, but also got a sense of didn't expect it to just be plopped in his lap either. Right, right. He said the right things. I thought Keith, I thought Keaton Thompson said the right things, too. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, it's got it's got to be so tough for him. Yeah. You know, he he a year ago he's this is going to be my team. Yeah. And now he knows he's got to know that it's probably not going to happen for him. And so you know he's he's got to sit up there and talk to us like he's still going to be the starting quarterback. But I don't think he I think he knows he's not going to be the starting. Quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Let's don't. I'm not trying to fluff any of this up. I mean, I'm sure that it's a situation internally, especially for Keaton, that that is really hard. Because at the very, very best case now for Keaton, he is a underdog to win the starter job, I, I would yeah, say. I, and I, I don't think he's going to win the starter job. I think that the percentage chance now is not really that good at all. But at best case for him, he's the underdog to, to win the job. And so, yeah, that, that has to be tough. And that has to be hard. And probably he goes home and lays his head on the pillow at night sometimes and may get a little, you know, hot under the collar a little bit about it. I don't know. And I'm I'm not trying to put something on Keaton that he doesn't feel, but I'm just saying if I was in Keaton's shoes, that might make you a little bit aggravated that it's finally my time, it's finally my team, and here comes this new guy in. But all that said, when when this happens, all you can ask the guys to do is be the adults, the young men that they now are, handle it maturely, and go out there and compete and see what happens. Yeah. And, and you get the impression that, if nothing else, this is being handled very professionally and maturely. Right. I, I, this isn't going to be a situation where – it's not going to be like a, a Tate Martell situation. And, and I'll, I'll give you another example. Back a few years ago, whenever it was the whole Damian Williams versus Nick Fitzgerald thing and that whole nine yards, I might have read way too much into it and things, but I did feel like that was a bit divisive. Yeah. Oh, I agree with that. And, and that's my opinion more than anything else. So, you know, someone, Mississippi State listening in, might say that wasn't the case at all. But from some of the comments that we got and from, quite frankly, some of the comments we didn't get because Damian Williams wouldn't even talk to us. Uh, you just kind of got the impression that that was an odd dynamic. And, and I don't want to say that, that anybody didn't like Nick or that anybody liked Damian more than Nick or what. I, I don't I don't know how those dynamics worked. But I get a different feel this year is what I'm saying. This year it seems very professional. seems like everybody's on the same page and every, everyone – in fact, I even talked to Osiris Mitchell and he was talking about competition at wide receiver but competition at quarterback too. And he was like, look, it doesn't really matter to me who wins these competitions. I'm all about getting the team wins kind of deal. And that's the kind of thing you expect to hear. I know that's coach very speak, cliche, team speak, yeah. cliche. But – That's funny. We were talking about cliches and Dak earlier. and there, yeah. there, There's one right there. But But – I get the – it's the same message, though, from everyone. And I didn't necessarily get that vibe a few years ago when, yeah. when it was Damien and Nick. and things. So I, I guess what, I'm just trying to compare the situations and saying that no matter what happens here, I I, I think that it's not going to be something and, that you have to worry about being a locker room issue like said, or something uh, like know, that. Kylan Hill, we got to talk to him, and he, and he had the right answers for, for all this kind of stuff. We were supposed to talk to Isaiah Zuber, but that's going to be pushed back to tomorrow. So I'm interested to talk to him for the first time. Well, I'm, I, I am very interested to talk to him, actually, because, you know, with, with Stevens, the recruiting process was probably very familiar. You know, hey, I know you, you know me, we, we're going to make this work. Zuber didn't have any of that. So what sold him on Mississippi State? That's what I, I'm, I'm interested to find out. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good question, too, because, I mean, and he's a guy that has to come in, too, and learn the Moorhead system. Yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, from all accounts, is not exactly, and, and, and you and I sat in the, the coach's chalk talk thing, uh, didn't seem like the easiest thing to just pick up. No. That said, you and I hadn't been playing college football the last three or four years, so maybe it's I'm sure it's a little easier for Zuber than it would be you and I. But, right. But uh, yeah, so I, I'm I'm like you. I'm interested to know why 
Zuber thought this was the best situation for him. Yeah, that, that, that's something you know, we'll, we'll find out tomorrow. We also get to talk to defensive players uh, tomorrow. Do we talk to Shoop tomorrow? No, I, I think Our first time we'll talk to Shoop will be media day. It's media day on Saturday. On Saturday. Okay. So, yeah, later to, uh well, I guess I shouldn't say later tonight because the day will have already come and gone, but you'll have seen some practice stuff from us uh, on uh, Monday night, and you'll see it again on Tuesday night as well. They've got this – I don't know if they're doing two days. What are, what are they doing out there? But they've got a, sort of this interesting schedule where we're talking to players. Normally we just talk to players after practice. Now we're talking to players in the, in the afternoon, and then we go to practice later. Yeah. So they're making us work more, Joel. I don't like it. Well, I, I mean, I guess nobody's just holding your feet to the fire that you have to go to practice later, Brian. I mean, you, you could skip it. Could I? Could. I don't think that would work. You wouldn't be able to tweet your videos. but That's a good point. i gotta, I got to be able to do that, so we'll figure it out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Like I said, if, you know, first impressions are everything. Tommy Stevens gave a very strong first impression uh, to be the, for me, and, and very, very personable guy. I don't know how much yeah. how much anybody well, cares about the personality of their players, but I know the teams that I root for, the Braves and everyone else. One of the things I I like to get to know the guys, just the actual guys that you're rooting for, and that sort of deal. Tommy Stevens is a very likable guy. That was my impression of him. More more than I mean, he, he was a very very personable kind of dude to smile at you look you in the eye kind of when he talks kind of thing he's not dismissive of, i i don't know I, I was really impressed by him and, and I, I didn't know what to expect because you know i never spoken to him a day in my life so uh but but he came in and kind of kind of owned the room like i said so uh, i feel like if he, he's a guy that if he wins the starters job um you guys are going to see him give interviews and whatnot and 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 you're going to be won over by him because i think he's that kind of guy he, he just seemed like a, a a very likable dude that said kt's a likable guy too i mean it's not hating on him either but uh tommy fits right in that mold I, I don't think either one of these guys are one of those guys that you're going to fear when they step up to the microphone like how are they going to act or what are they going to say or anything like that say it's got a couple of a couple of guys that I feel like the the team and the offense is going to be in good hands, at least leadership wise, either direction they go. Right. No, I agree with you. I agree with you 100. You should feel better about the MSU quarterback situation today. I mean, if you haven't seen those videos, they're available on Sports Talk Mississippi, and I'll have them up on SuperTalk uh, FM uh, as well, probably as well on our Facebook page. If you're not following Super, uh, Sports Talk Mississippi on Facebook, please do so. Give us a follow on Facebook. Uh, now that said, there's a lot of old miss content on there, but you know what? You just, you just skip through that. What do you always say, Brian? What happens in Oxford affects Mississippi State. It, it does. It also, allow me to quote uh, <laughs> Captain uh, Marco Ramius from the movie The Hunt for Red October, where he said, it is wise to know the way. No, I'm sorry. Jack Ryan said that. It's wise to know the ways of one's enemy. I was hoping you'd quote Captain Insano. Captain Insano? Captain Insano uh, shows no mercy. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about cornerbacks. Good position for Mississippi State. I like the starters. I really do. Dantzler's as good as anybody in the country. No doubt. Cam Dantzler is... In fact, Terrell Buckley said he was better than anyone in the I mean, country. he is the next in this line, going back to Robert Bean, Fred Smoot, Walt Harris, if you want to go back that far, you know, to Jonathan Banks, to to Will Redman, to the, the, these kind of guys. That was one of the funniest things to me back during the spring was when Buckley looked all of us in the eye and said that Cam Dantzler was the best corner in the country. And then... We talked to Bob Shoup literally right after that and asked him if he thought Cam Dancer was the best corner in the country, and all of a sudden Bob's walking it back a little bit, and he's like, well, I don't know. I hadn't seen all the corners in the country kind of deal. So Anyway, that was that was interesting during back during spring, but 
I don't think there's any doubt about it. State has an NFL caliber corner in Cam Dantzler. Yeah, he he is a potential first-round pick, a potential All-American. And I think he'll get some opportunities because I don't think you can just sit there and pick on Maurice Smitherman because I think he is a very solid cornerback as well. This this these, these two guys remind me just in terms of how they're just in terms of how they're built, but they're also good players of of Banks and Broomfield. Yep, I, I've thought that too. Yeah, yeah. Now I don't expect to, you know, I, I'm sure Maurice Smitherman owns a, a cell phone. <laughs> I hope that's the case. I know Broomfield did not. Uh, but that said. If that's the case for MSU, you get those two guys with that kind of, you know, they get the same kind of production, you're going to be just fine back there in the secondary. Are you are you worried about depth? A little bit, but I I, I think that that state, I think state's fine in the secondary. I mean, they have some guys too that are a little bit cross trained, I guess a little you could say, and and so I I don't know, man. I I guess you always worry if. Like if a Dantzler goes down or a Smitherman goes down, you, you do have some concerns, and that definitely weakens State a little bit. But I'm, I'm not overly concerned there. I, I think that there there's enough talent there to to keep you afloat if something happened. I, I I guess going into the year, I don't have much concern in at any point part of the secondary Cor- corner safeties. I, I think that while there's some uncertainty there, particularly in the, at the safety spots. You know who, who for sure is going to start there. There's so many pretty good options that you feel pretty comfortable. And yeah, I, I guess at corner you you aren't 100 percent confident in the depth, but I, I think that you're you're confident enough to say they could hold their own, I, or at least I think so. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, you know, you look at the depth. You look at uh, I had the depth chart up here. Uh, Corey Charles. Now yeah. that's a guy like we talked about the other day with Marcus Murphy. You know. Sort of moved around. We thought he'd moved again on yeah. Friday, but he's you know he's a veteran guy, and so you feel pretty good about him uh, there. Tyler Williams, uh, the other uh, the back, I guess he's a redshirt sophomore now, I believe, uh, out of Lafayette County, tall, sort of built like Dantzler is, and so are the, the guys behind them. And you know those third cornerbacks would be I guess Asias Verge and uh, Jalen Reed, who you know talent wise I, I like. You know Reed had a couple of big offers coming out of high school. So, for me, this is sort of interesting. You're, you have these two great seniors, or I guess Dancer's just a junior, but probably going to be gone at the end of the year. So it's it's going to be interesting interesting to see, especially in these first three games, you know how they get reps because those young guys need the reps. They need to you know start preparing for next season a little bit. And that's one of the balances of being a coach. That's got to be one of the most difficult things. In that you got to play to win, you got to play your starters, but. At the same time, in the back of your mind, you're like, I got to get some guys some reps, especially when a position like this where you're like, I don't want to go into next season and my starting corners didn't play but, you know, 100 snaps each. So, luckily for MSU, you know, they have these first three games that they should. And, and of course, you know, none of these guys are true freshmen, so there's no redshirt rule for them. There's no reason to put them in four games. They need to play. But, you know, taking Dantzler and Smitherman off the field is going to be interesting. For me, I thought last year I was interested in how Shoup used his corners. I thought he did a good job of, you know, a lot of zone defense, obviously, but he wasn't afraid to blitz those guys either. So, and, and I thought Dantzler, especially, really good in run support, which is something you don't get a lot of from a corner. Yeah, you, you're right. These guys are, are such talented athletes that they can help you in, in multiple ways and things. And, uh, you know, back to the depth thing for just a second. I just feel like last year in particular, I, I might be. I guess motivated to say that that, that they'll be just fine depth wise because last year 
in the secondary with some of the injuries, whether it was to Brian Cole or or, or whatever the case may be. I mean, you had guys step up and, and depth kind of developed throughout the year. Guys stepped in and, and, and played huge roles in the secondary. Um, I, I just, after seeing that last year, it just kind of made me feel like that these guys under Bob Shoup and under this coaching staff are being pretty well prepared for their moment should it come. And, and so until I see them plug in someone and then it doesn't work, I'm kind of giving the, the coaching staff, I guess, a benefit of the doubt. And so it's not just the depth there why I think that they'll be okay, but I just really feel like this coaching staff's done a pretty good job, at least defensively, of having guys ready to step up when, when need be. So I, I kind of like that. But, yeah, back to what you were saying, too. Dantzler can do it all, man. I mean, he can he can get you a pick. He, he can blitz. He can help and run support. He can do any number of things, and that's why he's going to make a lot of money probably playing football. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. Who's who's the third corner for you? Who's the guy you know who's covering the slot? You know who's the guy that in nickel in nickel packages is going to come out there? Who who, who for you is that? Is it going to be one of the younger guys, or do you go with Corey Charles? Uh, you get first crack to Corey Charles, wouldn't you? You would think. Oh, <laughs> uh, that that would be my guess. Um. I mean, I'm just thinking a little bit. I mean, does does Brian Cole kind of does he kind of double as that too? I mean, he's, that's a good he's, question because he was a corner coming out of EMCC and they've moved him obviously to safety. But I think from an athletic standpoint, he'd be he fine. Can do though. it, yeah. Uh, so anyway, I think you go either one of those positions, and maybe Brian Cole is the guy that you. I, I've got, I've got just a, a a ton of anticipation to see what Brian Cole can be if he can stay healthy for a full year because, I don't know, man, I, I think that, that he could, and I think I said this the other day when we talked about safeties, I, I think that Cole could give you that Abram-like impact and he can do multiple things for you and I think one of those things is he could kind of be that, that guy um, that we're talking about here, you know, for to, to cover someone in pass coverage, to be, to be a corner. He's done it before. His athleticism, I think, allows him to do it. I he might be the guy, the answer to this question. Um, but if not... That's interesting. That would be an interesting thing. If not, I mean, Corey Charles, I would guess, would get first crack. And, you know, you may see it differently. But that, he's a he's a guy that, like we said, he has moved around so much, so his athleticism tends to let you think he could do, do about whatever you wanted him to, to do. Um, so, yeah, I, I would guess that, that either Corey Charles or maybe maybe Brian Cole could, could be that, that guy too. It's interesting to think. I, I didn't even think about uh, about Brian Cole, but I mean, I guess it's a possibility, you know. Especially that way, you don't have to change your personnel. You know, if you're in four two five and you've got Brian Cole as the star, and then you just you're basically, you're basically saying, "Look, we're going to you know change your responsibilities. You know, switch over to corner." And this is just you and I talking, by the way. Yeah, this yeah. isn't any coach that has told us that, or I got that directly from Shoop. <laughs> I'm talking about. It just seems like something that would make some sense to me, but yeah, I agree. I'm a dummy, as we stated earlier. No, I agree on both counts. Thank you. So, all right. So this is a good group for MSU. The starters are solid. The depth. There's some questions there, but I think the talent is there for sure. And and another thing with with Buckley, he's just a good cornerbacks coach. You know, I don't know that Buckley has been the lights out recruiter a lot of people thought he might be. But he, he has been a fantastic cornerbacks coach for Mississippi State. And he's put 
those guys in position to do well and play, and play well. So feel pretty confident about that group uh, there. All right, tomorrow's show. Uh, more talk from the, from practice. We'll talk to defensive players tomorrow and Isaiah Zuber uh, as well. Who who you got lined up to talk to on defense? Uh, talking to Chauncey and Lee Autry tomorrow, who I requested. Oh, talking anyway. to Chauncey and Cam. So, so we'll talk to Chauncey together. That'll we can do be fun. that. I bet he's at the podium. He may be. Yeah, I bet, I bet Dantzler is too. So that means we'll have video at Sports Talk Mississippi uh, on the Twitter feed, and of course, you know, available elsewhere uh, once we get wrapped up. Guys, have a great Tuesday. Joel and I will be back with you on Wednesday morning. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.